Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on September 15th, 2022 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. And we have some programming notes for you. First, A.T. is taking his honeymoon next week, eight years late. That's okay. Now, don't ask me where he's going. I have not even asked myself. California is going to California. But we will have programming for you because I'm tagging along. (laughs) Just kidding. We got some stuff lined up. Don't worry, guys. We'll be on your phones and everywhere you find podcasts, including YouTube, next week. And a very happy birthday to my mother, Teresa. (laughs) Not that mother, Teresa. My mother, Teresa. While she didn't give me a podcast like my father, she sure is a swell woman. Anyway, let's get back to business here. This episode features the latest on Senator Lindsey Graham's 15-week nationwide abortion bill kerfuffle. We have fresh inflation data for you and what it means for Social Security recipients' cost of living adjustment for next year. Mm-mm. And in medical, we have an extended interview with DHEC Director of Public Health, Dr. Brandon Traxler. Additionally, we want to hear your stories. That's why there's a voicemail box set up for you to call and to tell us what's going on in your world. Tell us something funny. Talk about sports injuries that we can laugh about now <laughs> that you can walk again. Hot dog condiments. I think we've, we're about to reach the peak of that one. And uh, false here. It's getting chilly in the mornings. Tell us if you like it. <laughs> I, I don't know what's in your world if you don't tell me. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is medium according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. For the week ending September 10th, DHEC reported 8,443 cases. That's down 34% from the week before, and there were also six deaths from COVID-19. On average for that week, there were 450 South Carolinians hospitalized with COVID-19, 46 were in intensive care, and 13 were on ventilators. Right now, 52.9% of eligible South Carolinians are fully vaccinated. Got more health for you later. Now for a politics section unlike any that we've been hearing about lately. No, no, don't worry, there's still focus on abortion here, but we're talking about it from a national level with Senator Lindsey Graham. Now, despite the senior senator's attempt to provide some cover to Republicans on abortion this week with the introduction of his bill to ban abortion nationwide at 15 weeks, he was widely panned for the measure, even thanked by Democrats, as Republicans avoided getting drawn into supporting the measure. Instead, they're deferring to states to determine their own limits. Graham was also panned for his poor timing of the bill on Tuesday that took the news cycle away from the dismal inflation numbers and centered it on the Republican Party's scattershot approach to abortion access restrictions, something they've been waiting to legislate for decades. But as we know in South Carolina, that's easier said than done, especially in a unified manner. Here's Graham defending himself on Jesse Waters' primetime, the host of which aggressively pushes back on Graham's talking points, especially over the timing with those inflation numbers. Now, wait a minute. Now, listen, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines and let America become that kind of nation. No one's saying you need to sit on the sidelines. But yesterday wasn't the day to do that. Yesterday was the day they lost all momentum when this inflation thing punched them right in the face. 
And you gave yeah. him an out. A lot of people uh, don't like that. You could have well, done it on any other day. Yeah. Just like you could have delayed the whole press conference like <laughs> Joe should have delayed that stupid party. Uh, so I, I take issue. I don't think I don't think there's a bad day to stand up for the unborn. What am I trying to say? That America needs to have a policy that makes us a civilized nation. It would bother me that if a baby's aborted at 38 weeks in California, New York. What am I proposing for our country? That at 15 weeks, when the baby can feel pain, you provide anesthesia to save its life. If you operate on it, it should be protected from being dismembered by an abortionist. That puts us in line with France, Germany, Great Britain. They all have abortion bans below 15 I understand. So, and the people well, are with you on you, that. No, I'm you're right. I'm not going to apologize. You're, you're right. No. Ever apologize about you. standing up for the you. unborn. It's, and you know what? It's, we need it's to go not, on the offensive here. little friendly fire right there. Not typically the type of situation that Graham finds himself in on the Fox News channel. Another angle to that bill Graham was going for would prevent someone from going to more accommodating states for an abortion. For example, going from South Carolina, where current law is temporarily blocked, but it's six weeks. But in North Carolina, you can have an abortion up to 20 weeks in six days. His bill, for example, would make North Carolina 15 weeks, and South Carolina's would still stay the same. Needless to say, Minority Leader Mitch McConnell had some different thoughts on Graham's approach. In terms of scheduling, I think most of the members of my conference prefer that this be dealt with at the state level. Graham admitted to Axios that he did not get permission from McConnell to release the proposal. Now, someone you'd expect to hit Graham on this issue is Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, who spoke Tuesday from the floor of the Senate about this proposal. It's leaked that the U.S. Supreme Court was ready to overturn Roe v. Wade. Leader McConnell acknowledged that a federal ban on abortion was now, quote, possible, unquote, his words. Well, later today, the senior senator from South Carolina is going to make good on Leader McConnell's warning by introducing a radical bill to institute a nationwide restriction on abortions. Mr. President, proposals like the one today send a clear message from MAGA Republicans to women across the country. Your body, our choice. Rather than expanding women's rights, MAGA Republicans would curtail them. Rather than give individuals the freedom to make their own health care choices, they'd hand that power over to radical politicians. And let me add this. Republicans are twisting themselves into pretzels, trying to explain why they want nationwide abortion bans when they said they'd leave it up to the states. Even the senior senator from South Carolina said a few months ago, quote, that if the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, it would mean that, quote, every state will decide if abortion is legal on, and on what terms. And yet, here he is, introducing a bill to restrict abortions nationally. Now, Graham's bill provides exceptions for rape and incest, as well as the life of the mother. The proposal is more restrictive than the usual 20-week bans that Graham has previously introduced and comes less than two months before primaries, a time when Republican candidates are trying to actually downplay their hardline abortion stances in some of those more contested races. Just an example of how much of a lightning rod abortion is, 77% of residents in 11 southern states, including South Carolina, believe a woman should be able to obtain a legal abortion if the pregnancy threatens a woman's life or health. This, according to the latest Southern Focus survey, an initiative of the Winthrop Poll. Now that rate drops to 74% when respondents were asked if the pregnancy was a result of rape, 
and 59% if the baby is likely to be born with severe disabilities or health problems. And we're going to take it back to the state on September 27th. That's right, the House is back on September 27th to take up the Senate amended abortion bill. We previously said next week, but like we always say, some things may change by the time you hear it. It's business, which means inflation. That's right. We got a roundup for you right now. The Department of Labor reported this week that inflation ticked up 0.1% in August after remaining flat in July. That's according to the Consumer Price Index. Over the past year, inflation has gone up 8.3%. Shelter, food, and medical care all helped drive up the monthly increase. Not included in there? Gas. Labor said those increases were mostly offset by a 10.6% decline in the gasoline index. Now, when you get to core inflation, which is what inflation looks like without the volatile food and energy prices incorporated, it rose 0.6% month to month. That's again thanks to shelter, medical care costs, as well as household furnishings and operations, new vehicles, motor vehicle insurance, and education costs. Now, that core inflation is a number a lot of people watch, and when it was double the monthly increase we saw in July, well, the markets were not happy. Let's do the numbers. The Dow slid at nearly 1,300 points on Tuesday. The Nasdaq fell 5%, and the S&P was down 4%. Twas the worst day for stocks in more than two years, or, for some people, a good buying opportunity. Little treat, little Gavin tip, investment tip. Anyway, we always talk about inflation, but how to combat it? Well, guess who meets next week? That's right, the lovable and always entertaining Federal Open Market Committee. On the menu, a more aggressive interest rate increase? Question mark? I mean, did you just hear those inflation numbers? Well, we'll be talking with USC economist Dr. Joey Von Nessen next week about all things economy, so stay tuned. Next up, the Federal Reserve's favorite color, Beige. That's right, we're talking about the recently published Beige Book, which is a summary of current economic conditions in each Fed district. Now, the summary of the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond, which encompasses the Carolinas, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, D.C., and West Virginia, well, activity slowed slightly in recent weeks. According to the Beige Book, manufacturers reported a modest pullback in new orders while supply chains improved slightly, leading to reduced backlogs and higher inventory levels. I smell sales. District ports and trucking companies reported slight declines in shipping volumes and shipping rates. However, volumes were still high relative to their pre-pandemic levels. Retailers reported little change in total sales overall, with some reports of shifts and reductions in consumer demand. Residential real estate sales slowed moderately, leading to increases in inventory and average days on the market. However, the market still remains historically tight. Employment rose strongly in recent weeks, and a majority of firms reported increasing wages to recruit and retain workers. Price growth picked up slightly and continued to increase robustly year over year. So pretty broad there since it encompasses a big region, but a good pulse check from the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond. Now we talked about one way of benefiting from inflation in the last podcast with I-bonds from the government. Now my Social Security recipients, listen up. Your cost of living adjustment is about to go up Bigly, in January, according to USA Today. We're talking about an 8.7% cost of living adjustment for the next year. For the average retiree who got a monthly check of about $1,656 this year, 
the bump would mean an additional $144 a month. The COLA is based on average annual increases in the consumer price index for urban wage earners and clerical workers, or CPIW. That's from July through September. But this bump also has seniors concerned that they'll have to pay taxes on these payments for the first time, this per a survey by the Senior Citizens League. Now this year, retirees have struggled to keep up with inflation, with the 5.9% cost of living increase approved last October falling short of price increases that, like we just said, are about 8.3% right now. Now if you're expecting gas prices right here, well, you're wrong. I'm not going to tell you what they are right now. No, I'm not going to do it. You're going to tell me by calling 803-563-7169. Let us know what you're doing. Call us while you're pumping gas. I don't think you're allowed to use your cell phone while you're pumping gas. But do it from the inside of the car. Uh, let us know what you're paying, how much you're putting in the tank. When it comes to public health, South Carolina is dealing with several situations. The endemic nature of COVID-19, the monkeypox outbreak, and even a West Nile virus outbreak. I spoke with DHEC Director of Public Health, Dr. Brandon Traxer, about how DHEC is handling these situations on This Week in South Carolina, and started off by asking about the current status of the COVID-19 pandemic response. This is a long one, so listen up, folks. I am pleased to say that things do look like they are improving right now. We saw a second uh, Omicron mini surge is what I'll call it, um, really a bump. The later part of this summer that really has been occurring across the world with the uh, subvariant BA5 taking over. And I'm pleased to say that it looks like we are um, on our way out of that bump. The also very good news with this was with this mini surge or bump, we did not see a correspondingly you know, high increase in hospitalizations or deaths. So that shows that this virus, as it mutates, thankfully, while it may get more contagious, is getting uh, less severe. And then certainly having these bivalent boosters that target that BA5 as one of the components of it um, is great and really is a game changer if enough people get vaccinated with it. And these boosters, like you're saying, it's kind of targeted toward toward these variants too. And it's for the pretty much the general population, people that weren't covered by previous boosters. Uh, kind of just break it down maybe for folks who, who are interested or want to know more about these. It's got two components. That's one thing a lot of folks don't realize. We, we mentioned the word bivalent, uh, which this is the first of the bivalent boosters. That, but that just really means that there's two parts to it. It combats two different things. And so it still has a component that is the same formulation as the original vaccine. So the same thing everybody's been getting. But then the other one targets BA4 and BA5. And so anybody who has finished their primary series um, who is 12 and up for Pfizer or 18 and up for Moderna is really encouraged to get it as long as they are two months out from their last shot. And the other piece is if you have had a COVID infection, you've tested positive, uh, then we really do recommend you wait uh, three months before you get this booster okay, to get so, the maximum benefit from it. Yeah. So Dr. Traction, when we talk about that, we look back to last year when we had that horrible surge that was the worst part of the whole COVID-19 pandemic to date for our state. Uh, I'm guessing you don't expect anything like that. Do you expect that this will just kind of become endemic almost like the flu and, and that we'll be getting these boosters and we'll be kind of combating any potential massive surges like we saw? 
So I certainly hope that we do not see a surge like we saw last winter. And and even though we saw the highest case counts really of the pandemic, I will say it was not the worst in terms of hospitalizations and deaths. Um, again, because we were, uh, it was the Omicron, it was their initial Omicron at that point. I do expect that there will be some increase in the winter, like we see with flu. But again, if this is endemic, we know it's going to be out amongst us. Our goal is to keep that increase down to a minimum and really keep especially down the number of severe cases. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that this is going to become very similar to the flu. It may have different seasonality. We may see more of a summer and winter bumps. We just don't know yet. Depends on what the variants do. Um, but I think the goal is also to continue then to get a yearly booster. I know that is certainly the the federal government's plan and the scientists and everyone's hope. Uh, but an internal review of DHEC's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic was reviewed by the Post and Courier recently, and it found that DHEC was unprepared for the unique challenges of a novel pandemic, unable to communicate effectively with partner agencies and the public, and understaffed for sustained emergency response that ultimately lasted more than 780 days. Uh, Dr. Traxer, you've been Director of Public Health since April 2021. Uh, tell us about what's being done to address these issues and if this is still a problem. Sure. And so we are really looking um, both agency-wide, Dr. Simmer is doing it, and I can tell you that I'm doing it in public health at every aspect of this response. We, that You are correct. That is our after-action review that we um, contracted with a consultant to, to do. And so based on that, um, the team is going through and uh, creating basically an improvement plan, creating, um, identifying of these recommendations, um, of which I, you know, that there's over a hundred in the report. Identifying what of those need to be implemented, you know, soonest versus can wait a little bit, um, and adding to them. That you're really having important, sometimes difficult, but very necessary discussions about what we can do to improve things so that we are more agile and flexible and ready to go the next time, though hopefully that won't be for many years. And are you getting enough support now from the state? It feels like this was a kind of a big wake-up call for uh, you know, state budget writers. I mean, DHEC's now going to get a new $100, $140 million uh, lab. Obviously, that was a big linchpin point during the pandemic because all the testing was going through that state lab and, of course, contractors as well. But there was a bottleneck uh, in the beginning. So tell us about what kind of support you're getting from the state to fix some of these problems, too. Certainly. And so we are getting more support, not only from state, not only from the, the budget writers, but really from everyone. Um, it, you know, we are getting more support from everyone out there in South Carolina. I think this has been a wake up call for everyone that public health is critical. Um, and a lot of people, I think, in South Carolina didn't even know what all DHEC did. Um, a lot of our work we like to do in the background. We like people to not have it necessarily on their radar. We want to keep people healthy and safe with minimizing disruption, certainly to their lives. We are ecstatic about the $104 million for this new lab. I have a meeting this afternoon. We're looking at, you know, proceeding right along with lab building plans and um, are looking at drawings and such. And so uh, that is very exciting. Our lab team needs it. And it's really just very forward thinking. And so I'm very pleased that we were able to do this, that we got that support. And of course, not just COVID-19, but Dr. Trax, I want to pivot now to monkeypox or mpox, as DHEC is calling it, to help destigmatize this. Uh, this started spreading around the world earlier this year, ramped up in the summertime, especially here in South Carolina. Uh, there's more than 22,000 confirmed cases nationwide, more than 130 here in South Carolina. How concerned should folks be about monkeypox? 
So right now, the risk to the general public is low. Um, however, I do encourage people to keep it on their radar. Our aim is to keep the rest of the general public and to every member of South Carolina um, of our residents low. Right now, we are seeing it especially um, in the subpopulations um, of men who have sex with men. Um, we're seeing some disparities even within it, seeing higher case counts among blacks um, than we are whites. And so we're really trying to do a lot of education as well as targeting our vaccine campaign to those who are at highest risk. But um, the, the risk to the general population as a whole is still low at this point. Mm -hmm. So what's DHEC doing now to reach out more? I know we got... Um you know, the emergency dosing recommendations from the federal government talking about stretching this very limited supply. I think they've got, you guys have given about more than 1,400 doses so far over the past two months. We're coming up on two months, I think. Uh, has that been going slower than expected? And what are you guys doing to expand that outreach to maybe boost those numbers? We are doing everything we can in terms of outreach to folks through all different avenues. And really our partners um, have been critical with that. And so we are uh, work to get vaccine out into other providers' hands, particularly some of our Ryan White clinics and other uh, FQHCs are two who have been great. And so we do have a vaccine locator map now, similar to the one we had for COVID. We have one for MPOX now on our website. So people can go there and see, it's not just the health departments anymore that have it available. And like we said, another outbreak DHEC is dealing with is the West Nile virus. Nine of the 11 recent human cases are from the Midlands region, with six of those in Richmond County right here, and one person has died. Now, the risk of serious illness or death from West Nile virus is low. Less than 1% of people infected develop a potentially fatal swelling of the brain known as encephalitis. About one in five people infected becomes ill within two to 14 days with symptoms including fever, headache, joint pain, muscle pain, and occasionally nausea and vomiting. They may often experience sensitivity to light and inflammation of the eyelids, and some may have a rash. So get rid of the transmission sources. We're talking about getting rid of mosquitoes. So get rid of that staining water, wear insect repellent if you're spending a lot of time outside. Just be aware that you could get West Nile virus. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and we want to hear your stories as well. Tell us how you're doing. Tell us. We want to hear your stories as well. What you're doing right now. Call us, say, hey, hey, Siri, 803-563-7169. Talk to the robot in your pocket. That doesn't sound weird, okay? That's normal. Talk to one robot and then that one will call the other robot. Yes, yes. And it will reach us. Yes. And uh, we're almost robots. We're more plastic. Yeah, Gavin is very plastic. I'm a little bit more metal. But seriously, call in. If you just call in and read every letter of the alphabet, then I can create whatever I, I need can. from you. Yeah. Honestly, we, that's all we need. Gavin hasn't been here in weeks. <laughs> this is all just a program that I'm talking to. This is to. AI, folks. This is all AI. <laughs> I just would be like, ah, and then puh, and then ki, and yeah, then he, he can, all it, the other letters. It does it for you. I yeah. just type it up and it <sighs> says whatever. This is all just a machine, guys. Okay? <laughs> anyway, Gavin, ask me the question. Please call so we can harvest your voices. Yes. I mean, <laughs> whoa. It is the time of the reaping. I wasn't supposed to read that part. Delete. The, this program is going off the rails. Um, give us one of our 
offers at i mean uh what do we have in the hopper yeah AT? we got one we hey we got one you know and it's it's a it's a returning caller is it a good voice this is a great voice <laughs> this is this one is good okay <laughs> i love this one uh so uh we got a returning caller are you ready Oh, then we already have that voice. But yeah, we'll listen to it. Anyway. This will perfect our, <laughs> yeah, our, our algorithm. Our algorithm, okay? Okay, be here quiet. We go. Be quiet. <laughs> Hello, Gavin, AT. This is correspondent Kevin, if I may be so bold in using that. Uh, we did end up making it to the state of New Jersey. We spent about four days on the shore. That's the beach. Uh, weather was good, nice and warm. A little bit of rain every now and then. Then visit some family, ate a very large amount of pizza, which is quite good. And then we traveled back, stopped in Annapolis, Maryland for a night, had some seafood flavored food. That's a joke because there's lots of seafood in Annapolis. And then we made it home. And now everybody's back to normal and waiting on our next vacation. I'm, in terms of mundane things I'm good at, I'm very good at immediately changing the radio station if I don't like the song I have. Satellite radio, local radio, and AM radio presets, they're all good to go. I can cycle through about 20 channels without having to really worry about suffering through two minutes worth of a song I don't want to listen to. All right. As always, thank you all. Have a good one. Correspondent Kevin, thank you. Thank you for that follow-up from New Jersey. I'm glad you survived that state. Yes, the last we heard from him, he was he was venturing in, and Ugh. it was ner- he was nervous. So I'm glad that we got this uh, this this it's update. Yes, this update. Thank if you, you go to Jersey, let us know you're going there, and then let us know when you return. <laughs> that is a requirement, guys. <laughs> um, but then I also love that he went to my my native land of Maryland. He's on the lead trail. You, you don't need it. To- He's <laughs> on the lead Jersey to follow Maryland. the clues. Follow the clues. Gumshoe. <laughs> Gumshoes? Um, you don't have to call us when you go to Maryland. We know you're going to be safe there. Oh, Jersey. Yeah. Oldest state house, though, in the country right there in Maryland. I like that he said seafood-flavored food. A little bit of a mm-hmm. dig, I feel like. I got that. I, Home of Old Bay, though. I'm very happy that he said shore. That's yeah, right. You go shore. You go down to shore. shore get a go hoogie. down to shore, get a hoagie. Go to boardwalk. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm very happy with that. I'm, I'm glad you ate a copious amount of pizza also because yes. it truly is the Italian food in the South is lacking. And uh, that's just a sad, sorry state of affairs. I shook when you said Italian food in the Ooh. South. You talking about Carabas? 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 Hey, bro. <laughs> when you hear your... They got shrubs on the, on the roof. That's when you know it's legit. Just that's like how you know the food's good. Um, Everywhere I... in Italy, they got shrubs on the roof. <laughs> that's it. That's it. it. Uh, but I agree with you, Kevin. Um, real quick about changing Gavin, the station so quickly. So, Gavin is very big on this. Um, I also have um, XM radio now, so I don't brag, have to do it as brag, much. Brag, brag. <laughs> it's just I'm not a terrestrial person anymore. <laughs> we are in a terrestrial radio studio right now. <laughs> Disregard the fact that I work for public radio. Now, <laughs> that being said, growing up, uh, I have a lot of memories of rapidly changing the stations in the D.C. radio market, going to mm-hmm. high school with my brothers. Uh, fights would break out when I was in the back seat, and like my brother Colin was riding shotgun, and Noel would change the station. You're listening to talk radio, D.C. 101, Nightmare. WHFS. Nightmare. 
And you're just like, just, I can't. And then no one's changing it, you know? Mm-hmm. So then I'd get a little peeved about it. So anytime I was in the front seat, I'd rapid fire. But at the same time, that skill to do that has also helped me learn what song that is very quickly. So if you're oh, doing you think music you could, karaoke, yeah. I can... It's not karaoke, but trivia. Soundgarden. Trivia. Soundgarden. 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 <laughs> Outshine. Uh, tears for Fears. Te- oh, T's Spice for Girls. F's. T's for F's is Ace the of best. Uh, one of those alternative songs by that group. Candlebox. Glycerin. <laughs> Bush. <laughs> there you go. Gavin Rossdale. That's the spirit. <laughs> Duran Duran. Duran Duran. My Duranis. <laughs> uh, but Gavin and I, I mean, I threw him under the bus saying brag, but I also have XM. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, Except in the Jaguar. The Jag only gets, it only gets public radio. It's sponsored by public radio. And speaking of the Jag, Gavin, last night uh, we drove to kickball in the Jag. In Luxury, folks. Mm-hmm. We're talking about that. What XJR? XJ six. XJ six. The six stands okay. for six. Six. Yes, <laughs> exactly right. Six stands for six. Early nineties. Oh, it's it's a nineteen ninety. It's it's right on that eighties oh, nineties cusp. Yes. It's so good. Racing green. British racing green. Oh, plushest seats. Ashtrays, as far as the eye can see. So good. Um, and uh, it only gets NPR. But and I do have to say, at our kickball game, the biggest error of the game. Was when Vince Colblugo. He's gonna hate this. He really biffed. Butterfingers. Uh, uh, a fly ball. He stepped in when he should have stepped out. It went over his head. <clears throat> and you know who cleaned it up? His wife. His wife, Mary Beth. So good on Mary Beth. Bad on Vince. He I, deserves to feel bad about that. I had a big pop fly catch, and it. You did great. Yeah, but it's. I will say, it's a lot of nerves. I could tell you were nervous because a you, lot of nerves. You could have just stood there, but no. You, had you to, took. I was you adjusting. took five thousand steps. <laughs> <laughs> With my delicate ballet feet. <laughs> there was also one throw that you made that you looked like an absolute Adonis <laughs> carved out of marble. Uh, and me and, me and our, uh, our, our producer kind. Amy, was, was la- we were laughing so hard on I the I was side playing bike. catcher, and <laughs> I wanted to throw it a second, but I knew that I, I didn't need to because then it would have been, a you know, someone would have missed the catch and would have just spiraled. Like yeah. so many plays happen in the our errors, games. The errors. Uh, we did score two runs. You were one of them. I scored. I, got, I, was, I was two for two kicking. And the I got second, to once. <laughs> the second time, I was just standing. I was the, I'm the third base coach also. Yeah, so good. And they were like, you're up. And the other team was like, pay attention. I was like, I don't normally get to kick twice. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're getting there. We're getting there. Slowly Very we're getting there. Babysit. But that team was nice because they were. it was more they like were a good, real, yeah, they were nice. real kickball, whereas some of these other teams are they very weren't, extreme. Yeah, they weren't serious. And I was promised that this was the least competitive league in Colombia. And it's maybe it's just because we're just I think we stink. Anyway, Gavin, <laughs> you have a story that you told a me that, story, that we want to share. Okay. Um, and I really want to just to jump into this really quick to some of our listeners. Uh, I was talking to uh, a colleague of ours at the ETV Endowment, which if you're not a member of the ETV Endowment, um, you're just stealing. Okay, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but you should pledge, and pledge often. Um, but what I want to say is that a colleague over there at the Endowment, a fundraiser there, she was at a bar in Clemson, and she's like, I have a story. I heard this. I was at the bar in Clemson. I think it was a game day. And she was just minding her business, getting a drink, and a, a young guy came up and started talking to her. I guess she's in her late 20s. And, you know, she thought he was just flirting with her, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, so what do you do? And she's like, I work for ETV and South Carolina Public Radio, fundraising, da, da, da. He's like, oh, wow, very good. Like, finds out that she knows us, 
you know, and Specific- turns out specifically you. Turns out this, this the guy she was talking to, big lead head, which we love. <laughs> if you're listening, I'm sure you guys are listening because I heard you guys were uh, super fans, which I totally appreciate. We love having younger listeners and we love our older yes, listeners. Yes, but, yes, yes. Um, we just want to say to our Clemson crew out there who listens to us, we appreciate you, but we want you to call in. You know what? Prove it. You know what? We're throwing down the gauntlet here. If you're such a big fan, prove that you exist, okay? <laughs> yeah, I need verification here. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. And also, apparently, they're big hum- uh, fans of our humor, so... Well, we're the funniest guys in the whole building, so I get it. Yeah, that is correct, actually. <laughs> not, not just self But, um... Which is good because we can start talking about our upcoming podcast, South of Spooky, where uh, our yes, humor yes, yes, is yes, 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 yes. really on We're ratcheting display, it up. We play center. caricatures of ourselves in that show. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Everyone should check it out. You can search. It's actually It might actually be out there. You can search it, South of Spooky. And if yeah. it's there, you can press uh, notifications and stuff, you know? And we'll probably throw it in this feed, too, just because we'll cross-promote and oh, we're force gonna, you to listen to yeah. it if you don't want You're to. You're going to get so sick of it. So, um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm so. glad you guys are listening. We love our Clemson crew. Please call in. Prove you're real. <laughs> and um, uh, good at changing those channels, Kevin. Yeah. And everyone have a great weekend. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the pod. Um, just like Correspondent Kevin, do us a favor. Give us a call, 803-563-7169. We love hearing from you guys. we got some in the hopper we'll be playing next week. Be sure to listen then. Even though AT will be on, a, on his honeymoon, wish him a happy honeymoon, folks. I'm going to break in here, Gavin. If anyone has any Pacific Coast Highway things that they love to do. Oh, yeah. Tell us your California stories. D- DM, DM me. You can DM the phone number or you can text the phone number. Send me send me suggestions. Or Twitter. Ashley Lee Pod. Yep. Twitter works, too. So all that stuff. Send me your suggestions. I literally have no plans except to drive and golf. So let me know. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. And if you want to hear and see me, check out new episodes of This Week in South Carolina, Friday nights at 7.30 and Sunday afternoons at 1.30 on SCETV. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. I think we should. No way. I think you're crazy. I think you're crazy. You are missing out on opportunity, ground floor. I truly believe that, though. Okay.